Sermon 1-7 Do not blaspheme against the Holy Spirit by refusing to believe in the genuine gospel. Mark 3rd chapter verses 7 to 30 But Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and beyond the Jordan, and those from Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they heard how many things he was doing, came to him. So he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. For he healed many, so that as many as had afflictions pressed about him to touch him. And the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, You are the Son of God. But he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have power to heal sickness, and to cast out demons. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, to whom he gave the names Bonargers, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And they went into a house. Then the multitude came together again, so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub. And by the ruler of the demons, he cast out demons. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men 
and whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation because they said he has an unclean spirit. Today's scripture passage is drawn from Mark 7, chapter, verses 7 through 30. Previous to this, Jesus healed a paralytic and a man with a withered hand. And in a series of conversation that arose during the course of these events, he taught the religious leaders of that time that they could be truly saved from their sins only if they changed their minds. Like this, while our Lord ministered on this earth, he not only performed many miracles and signs to heal the sick and deliver the demon-possessed, but he also turned around the hearts of religious people of this day and taught them what his true faith was all about. As a result, countless people came to believe in Jesus and followed him, just as it is written in today's scripture passage. A great multitude, when they heard how many things he was doing, came to him. We can understand why so many people were following Jesus like this if we look at the spiritual and social economic conditions of those days. At that time, Israel was a colony of the Roman Empire, and it had to pay heavy taxes to Rome for every commercial activity. Because the majority of income was paid in taxes, food shortages were common, and the Israelites were suffered from many illnesses stemming from malnutrition. Simply put, the people of Israel were like a flock of lost sheep suffering without a shepherd. Many of them were therefore waiting for the Savior who would deliver them from their suffering. At the end of this long wait, Jesus Christ appeared in the land of Israel and began to guide its people. He healed many sick people, delivered the demon-possessed, and also provided his followers with abundant food, like when he performed the miracle of the five loaves and two fish. So for the countless people of Israel who were facing constant repression from the Roman Empire as its colonial subjects, it was only natural to follow Jesus as their leader. When the sick heard of Jesus' miracles and signs, many of them came looking for him from all over Israel. There were so many people sick in those days that it was very difficult for them to gain Jesus' attention to be healed by him. Of course, Jesus healed not only the physical ailments of the people, but also the illness of their hearts. He cleansed and saved even the souls of those possessed by unclean spirits. 
the demons bowed down before Jesus and begged him to let them go elsewhere, crying out, You are the Son of God. Jesus then rebuked the demons, revealing who he was, and commanded them to completely leave their victims. To save more people from sin, Jesus called 12 disciples and entrusted them with the same work of driving out demons, healing the sick, and preaching the gospel to everyone. Once, when Jesus and his disciples were at a certain house, many people flocked to him that he had to forego his meals to heal them. Then suddenly, Jesus' relatives came to this house to lay hold of him, shouting, There is a man named Jesus in this house, and he is demon-possessed. Jesus' relatives had come to seize him because they thought he was out of his mind. And the scribes who had come down from Jerusalem also sided with these relatives and denounced Jesus, accusing him of casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub, the ruler of all demons. The Lord had performed many miracles on this earth, healing countless sick people and driving out demons, and yet the scribes were denouncing Jesus and claiming that he was casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. So Jesus said to them in response, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. Mark 3rd chapter, verses 23 through 26. The Lord saves those who are oppressed by Satan. In Mark 3rd chapter, verse 27, from today's scripture reading, Jesus said, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. What does this passage mean? It means that no matter how strong a robber is, he cannot rob anything from a house unless he first subdues its residents completely. Like this, as Jesus had come to this earth as God Almighty, who created the world and everything in it to completely save people from the sins of the world, he first subdued demons and cast them out. However, the people in those days denounced such works of the Lord that were done for their own salvation accusing him of driving out demons by the power of the ruler of demons. This accusation completely insulted the Lord. 
just as it is totally offensive to us. Although Jesus had tolerated a great deal of personal abuses from the people of his days, he could not bear to hear them accusing him of being demon-possessed and driving out demons by relying on their ruler. Our Lord therefore said to those accusing him of demon possession, Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the Son of Men, and whatsoever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation, because they said he has an unclean spirit. Jesus Christ had come to this earth, incarnated in the flesh of man, and had done wondrous works with the Holy Spirit. Yet many people were denouncing his ministry, accusing him of being possessed by an unclean spirit. Referring to these people, our Lord said that none other than they were blaspheming the work of the Holy Spirit. And he also said that whoever blasphemes the Holy Spirit can never be remitted from this sin of blasphemy and will instead be subjected to eternal condemnation. Although every other sin can be forgiven, the sin of blaspheming against the Holy Spirit in this instance, accusing Jesus of being demon-possessed and driving out demons by relying on the ruler of the demons, can never be forgiven. Everything the Lord did on this earth was God's glorious work. Therefore, it is only a matter of righteous work of God would never be forgiven but face eternal condemnation. While on this earth, Jesus cast out many demons. In this present age also, there are many Christians driving out demons in the name of Jesus. Then the question is, is their work also the work of God, just as the Lord's work was? I don't intend to address this issue in this hour. In the age of the New Testament, the Lord came to this earth by the gospel of the water and the spirit, and he remitted away all our sins. And as we can see here in today's scripture passage, he commanded us not to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. He taught us not to blaspheme his works. But unfortunately, too many Christians in this age and time are committing this very sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Even though Jesus has saved the entire human race from its judgment and destruction by being baptized by John the Baptist, dying on the cross, and rising from the dead, today's Christians do not recognize this work of salvation that the Lord our Savior has done for them. That is why I am saying here 
they have fallen into the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Instead, countless pastors are standing against the Lord's gospel of the water and the Spirit. Despite the fact that they know very well that the Lord has saved the human race from all its sins through this genuine gospel. This is the very sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. The sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit is not anything else but refusing to believe in the gospel ministry of the water and the Spirit that Jesus fulfilled our salvation. And our Lord said clearly here that the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit can never be forgiven. We are now preaching the gospel of the water and the Spirit all over the world as we wholeheartedly believe in this true gospel. At the same time, whilst doing this, we are also facing many obstacles from the so-called mainstream Christian denominations denouncing us as heretics. This sin can never be forgiven, and all its perpetrators will be condemned forever for this sin. Now in this present age, the Lord has called his disciples and made them preach the gospel of the water and the Spirit. And through this gospel, he has remitted away all the sins of the entire human race and saved all who believe in this true gospel. None other than you and I, who are gathered here right now, are such disciples of the Lord, working together with him. If anyone accuses us of being demon-possessed or heretics, for spreading the gospel of the water and the Spirit? God will surely judge all such people for the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. They will all stand before the judgment throne of the blasphemers of the Holy Spirit and be condemned for this sin. As there is absolutely no way for them to be remitted from this sin of blasphemy, all that's awaiting for them is a terrible punishment. Like this, there is no way to reach salvation at all for anyone who stands against the gospel of the water and the spirit instead of believing in it. Not to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit is not to believe in the work of salvation the Lord has done for us. This constitutes the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit, and therefore, whoever does not believe in the gospel of the water and the Spirit has no choice but to be cast into the everlasting fire of hell. If there is anyone who is still blaspheming the work of God, they should repent right away. Hear the gospel of the water and the spirit from God's servants and believe in this gospel for the punishment that is rendered for the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit is not just a temporal punishment, but it is an eternal punishment. But in spite of this, 
if anyone still refuses to repent out of a stubborn heart, then there is only one consequence. Such people will never receive the remission of their sins, but they will all face eternal condemnation for their sins. All of us must realize here just how serious this sin of not believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit is and how great its punishment is. The Lord said clearly here in today's scripture passage, he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Remember this passage clearly, for it is not something that a mere creature like us said, but it is what God Almighty himself said. Each and every word of the Lord is forever true. Although God's blessed word knows no bounds, his condemnation of sin also entails infinite curses. Therefore, you and I must consider this God-spoken word with utmost care and meditate on it time after time. In other words, you must realize clearly what constitutes the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit so that you can avoid committing this sin that subjects you to everlasting condemnation. Our Lord is God himself, and yet he came to this earth incarnated in the same flesh of man like ours. This Lord then took upon all the sins of the human race by being baptized by John the Baptist, and he was crucified to death in our place to bear the condemnation of all our sins. And rising from the dead, he saved you and me to perfection. Like this, Jesus Christ has blotted out all the sins of the human race by coming to this earth by the gospel of the water and the spirit. And all of us who believe in this work of salvation have not only been saved by the Lord on account of this faith, but we have also received the gift of the Holy Spirit. This merciful Lord has saved us from all our sins, and he has given the blessed Holy Spirit into our hearts. Therefore, anyone who does not believe in this gospel of the water and the spirit that constitutes the Lord's work of salvation or blasphemes the ministry of proclaiming this true gospel is someone who is standing against God's work of salvation. And since it is you and I who are preaching the gospel of the water and the spirit in this age and time, none other than those who obstruct our ministry are the blasphemers of the Holy Spirit. We are now preaching the gospel of the water and the spirit all over the world 
through our literature ministry using both paper and electronic publications. However, some pastors that have visited our website are accusing us of heresy and warning their congregations not to read our books. These pastors not only insult us by calling us heretics, but they are also saying this to everyone they know. But this is clearly a foolish behavior. If the gospel of the water and the spirit were fallacious as they claim, then this would mean that Jesus Christ, who has fulfilled this gospel, is also flawed. Therefore, when they tell their followers not to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, they are actually telling them not to believe in the Lord, the master of this true gospel and our Savior. Of course, there are many among the recipients of our books who have received the remission of sins through the gospel of the water and the spirit and are now leading lives in gratitude to this gospel that is both biblically sound and easy to understand. But there also are some people who have sided with Satan to stand against the gospel of the water and the spirit that we believe in and proclaim with our whole hearts. To all these people, God says that they are committing the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. For not only do they refuse to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, but they also obstruct its preachers to make it possible for others to believe in this gospel. God is also warning us that we should never commit this sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit for it can never be forgiven. In fact, the sins that we commit before God out of our shortcomings and weaknesses are not the problem. Thanks to our Lord, all such sins can be remitted away by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. But there is one sin that can never be remitted away and it is the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Anyone who commits this sin will never be forgiven, but face everlasting condemnation. What is the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit? It is none other than blaspheming the righteousness of God and standing against it. That is because the Holy Spirit is God himself. Our Lord came into this world conceived by the Holy Spirit in order to remit away all our sins through the gospel of the water and the Spirit. Having come to this earth, he bore all our sins through his baptism, died on the cross in our place, rose up from the dead in three days and ascended to heaven. And he has given us the remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit.
with the Holy Spirit, the Lord has sealed the hearts of all who believe in the gospel truth of the water and the spirit through the written word of God. He has given us the remission of all our sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Lord has said to all of us, it is indeed right for you to be born again through your faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit. The Lord who had come to this earth to save us from all our sins has now come into the hearts of all of us who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. And he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit who now dwells in our hearts is none other than the Spirit of Jesus Christ, our Savior. The sad reality among today's Christians is that many of them are actually committing the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit, which is the same as blaspheming God. In this New Testament age, those who blaspheme the Holy Spirit are those who obstruct the ministry of the believers and preachers of the gospel of the water and the spirit. Such people claim that the gospel of the water and the spirit is fallacious and accuse us of heresy. And these people are the same as the scribes in today's scripture passage, accusing Jesus of being demon-possessed and claiming that his miracles were done by demonic power. Those who denounce today's believers and preachers of the gospel of the water and the spirit as heretics have fallen into the sin of blaspheming the work of the Holy Spirit. And I am absolutely certain that they will never be forgiven but face eternal condemnation for their sins. All of us gathered here should realize this clearly and be very careful to never fall into such a sin. Examine the gospel of the water and the spirit closely based on both testaments. The Lord came to this earth incarnated in the flesh of man for no other reason than to save the entire human race through the gospel of the water and the spirit. If you examine the gospel of the water and the spirit closely, based on the word of God, then you will realize that the almighty God himself personally delivered the human race with this gospel. The gospel of the water and the spirit constitutes the Lord's work of salvation, and it is the completely flawless and the perfect truth. But despite all this, many people still do not believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, and it is because they still do not have a clear understanding of this gospel. It is also because of historical reasons that so many Christians are ignorant of the gospel of the water and the spirit. Although this gospel of the water and the spirit had been preached in its pure form 
during the early church era, after the passing of this period, no one knew it anymore and therefore could not preach it. This happened because subsequent Christians hung on to a corrupt, half-baked gospel proclaiming the blood of the cross alone. As a result of this, today's Christians are also ignorant of the gospel of the water and the spirit. But their ignorance does not make the truth any less true. The gospel of the water and the spirit is the real word of God that is true to the scripture. That the Lord bore all the sins of the human race once and for all by being baptized by John the Baptist on this earth is the undeniable truth. That the Lord came to this earth incarnated in the flesh of man, bore all the sins of mankind by being baptized by John the Baptist, shed his blood to death on the cross to pay off the wages of all these sins, rose up from the dead, and has thereby saved you and me. This is the gospel work of the water and the spirit. And it is the very work of the almighty and majestic God. But far from believing in this undeniable work of salvation that Jesus has done to save us from the sins of the world and to blot out all our sins, many Christians actually blaspheme his work. What will happen to all these people then? Just as God said in today's scripture passage, they will never be forgiven from this sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit, but face eternal condemnation. This fate awaits all who don't believe in the gospel of the water and the Spirit, even as they know it. And the same fate also awaits all those who forsake this gospel after believing in it for a while. None of them can ever escape from the everlasting condemnation of sin. How long are our lives, even if we were to live a long time? Would we live for a thousand years? No, our lives are short. We are here on this earth only for a short while. If you fail to realize this truth in the short span of time that you have on this earth and you instead stand against the truth, that is, if you refuse to believe that God has saved the entire human race from all its sins through the gospel of the water and the spirit, then you would be blaspheming God Almighty. And since you would have committed the sin of blaspheming God, you would never be forgiven from this sin. All of us must realize this clearly. And we must remember this lesson at all times. We must be very careful to never commit such a sin to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. If you still find it hard to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, then continue reading the word of God diligently 
and pray hard for God to give you the true faith and believe simply in God's word. The Lord made it clear here that not believing in this gospel of the water and the spirit is the unforgivable sin. Today, many Christians claim to perform miracles and signs in the name of the Lord, even as they do not know the gospel of the water and the spirit and rely only on the blood of the cross. That is a half gospel. Even as they clearly are sinners whose hearts remain sinful, they obstruct our ministry of spreading the gospel of the water and the spirit, saying that this gospel is wrong. Even though such people claim to perform many miracles and describe themselves as the true followers of the Lord, they don't realize that they are actually standing against the righteousness of the Lord. It was to save the human race from all its sins that the Lord healed the sick and drove out demons while on this earth. And it was for this purpose that he was baptized by John the Baptist and crucified to death. He performed all these wonders and miracles in order to save us from all our sin perfectly. He did not come to this earth just to heal the sick and drive out demons. Fundamentally speaking, he came to save everyone from all their sins, bless everyone with eternal life, and make everyone God's own child. The miraculous work the Lord demonstrated on this earth was to teach us that he himself had personally saved us from the sins of the world through the gospel of the water and the spirit. Indeed, it is through the Lord's gospel, that is, the gospel of the water and the spirit, that everyone actually reaches salvation. Herein lies the reason why every Christian must believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. In this age and time, too many self-professing Christians arrogantly claim to have the power to heal the sick and stand against the gospel of the water and the spirit, which was given by the Lord. Why do they behave so preposterously? It's because these people do not realize that they are false prophets who have not even received the remission of their sins. It's ridiculous for a false prophet to claim to heal the sick. All the seemingly miraculous signs manifested through such people are false and therefore they do not merit anyone's faith at all. Whoever does not believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit or obstructs and stand against the preachers of this true gospel is destined to be destroyed. Just as God said, all such people will be cursed to face unimaginable suffering. Yet, do you still think, well, 
I'm not too worried about destruction. Since so many people are going to hell, I might as well tag along with them. It's no big deal, really. If this is what you think, then you do not know how just God is. It is what fools think. God said clearly that all who don't believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit and all who obstruct the preachers of this genuine gospel will be cast into the everlasting fire of hell. They will all be thrown into the forever burning fire of hell to suffer for eternity. The suffering will be so great that the Bible says that it will be like being salted with fire. Mark 9th chapter, verse 49. Have you ever been to a sauna? When you go into a sauna, it is so hot in there that even if you sit there just for a short while, you begin to sweat all over your body right away, and your skin even tingles. Some people sit in a sauna to lose weight, and some reckless people even sit inside the sauna to the point of getting dehydrated. But at least these people can get out of the sauna when they can't stand the heat anymore. Imagine what would happen if you were to be locked inside a sauna and could not get out. You would obviously suffer a great deal. Now imagine that you have to endure such suffering forever. Your pain will be even greater since you won't be able to die even if you wished for it. Such suffering is what blasphemers of the Holy Spirit must endure in the fires of hell. Put yourself in their shoes and think about what would happen to you if you were cast into the fire of hell to be punished forever for your sins. Do you still think that your heart would be somewhat comforted if you had someone suffering with you? Even if the suffering is so great that you cry out in pain? No, of course not. You can keep your chin up only when your suffering is at least bearable. If the pain is so intolerable that it makes you clench your teeth, this pain will not be lessened just because you have someone suffering with you at the side. Yet, so many people are prone to think too lightly of the punishment that God said he would render on sinners. And many people also do not appreciate what a wonderful blessing it is that God has blotted out all their sins with the gospel of the water and the spirit and made them his own children. Nevertheless, at least you and I who are gathered here should appreciate the gravity of God's punishment and the greatness of all his blessings. Although God is willing to forgive all other sins, he never forgives the sin 
of derogating Jesus' work as the work of the devil. He said clearly here in today's scripture passage that whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never receive the remission of sins, but will suffer for eternity. We are now preaching the gospel of the water and the spirit given by the Lord to everyone all over the world through our electronic and paper books. Recently, a Korean-American woman in the United States volunteered her service to translate our books. As soon as she passed our test to measure her translation skills, we sent her a sermon on the Gospel of Matthew. After a while, she called to let us know that she had finished translating the sermon, and I had a chance to talk to her as she spoke Korean. I asked her if she had found it difficult to translate the sermon, but she said that it was a joy for her to work on it as she enjoyed the sermon herself. She also said, as this sermon was easy to understand, she liked it better than the difficult sermons she used to hear at her church. Indeed, our books preach the true word of God in an easy and straightforward language so that everyone all over the world can understand it. So it doesn't bother me at all when someone points out that my sermons are sometimes too blunt and not sophisticated enough. No one should refuse to believe in the gospel that God has made us preach just because my sermons on this gospel are too straightforward. After fulfilling the gospel of the water and the spirit, our Lord gave to us, and he has made us understand this gospel, believe in it, and preach it to everyone in this world. Having thus become the Lord's disciples, we are preaching this gospel of the water and the spirit all over the world. Yet some people still refuse to believe in this gospel, saying, that it is a fallacious, dogmatic, and a heretical gospel. Even worse, some of them not only refuse to believe in our gospel, but they even blaspheme it by accusing it of heresy to others. All such people will be condemned forever, just as the word of God says in today's scripture passage. All of us here must realize this clearly and do our utmost to never fall into such a sin. The history of the church spans over 2,000 years. Throughout most of church history, Christians have served and preached the gospel of the blood of the cross alone. Although the gospel of the water and the spirit had been in existence prior to 313 A.D., when the Roman emperor issued the Edict of Milan to declare Christianity as Rome's state religion. Ever since then, only the blood of the cross has been preached. It is because most Christians are not aware of this history 
that they have not been able to preach the gospel of the water and the spirit. It is not because this gospel is somehow a false gospel that they have neglected it. The real gospel is the gospel of the water and the spirit. False Christians are those who ignore this true gospel of the water and the spirit and preach only the blood of the cross. Like this, because the blood of the cross alone has been preached as the gospel all these years, many Christians find it hard to accept right away the gospel of the water and the spirit that we are preaching. If you are such a Christian, then read our books on the gospel of the water and the spirit. Turn to the Bible to verify our teachings with the word of God. See the truth for yourself and then believe in it with your heart if you find it convincing. You should not refuse to believe in the true gospel out of sheer ignorance and inability to comprehend it. Nor should you ever prevent others from believing in this gospel. The gospel of the water and the spirit proclaims that Jesus bore all the sins of the human race once and for all by being baptized by John the Baptist. And any gospel that leaves out the baptism of Jesus as one of the indispensable elements of salvation is a false gospel. Yet despite this, for over a thousand years from the issuance of the Edict of Milan to the medieval ages, Christians believed only in the blood of the cross as their salvation and served and preached it alone. Even Protestant reformers also believed in and preached only in the blood of the cross. But it is not as though the Catholics in the medieval ages and the religious reformers in those days believed that the gospel of the water and the spirit was a false gospel. That is not why they did not preach it. Rather, they could not preach this gospel of the water and the spirit because they did not know that it was the true gospel. Indeed, they did not even know that there was such a perfect gospel. Some people may then consider it strange that so many Christians have believed in a false gospel for over a thousand years. And that is not only in this present age that the gospel of the water and the spirit, the true gospel, is being preached. But they should first turn to the Bible to see if our gospel is right or wrong. And if it is right, then they should all believe in it. The Bible says that the people of Berea, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Acts 17th chapter verse 11. This passage shows 
that the people of Berea examined the apostolic doctrine of Apostle Paul's teachings based on the word of God. And when they saw that Paul's teachings were biblically flawless, they believed in them. Like these people of Berea, so must everyone believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. The gospel of the water and the spirit is the real gospel. Of course, the blood of the cross also constitutes an element of the gospel of the water and the spirit. But to believe in this alone and serve it only is to believe in and serve a half false gospel. Even now, all Christians throughout the whole world must turn around from their useless faith and return to the perfect gospel of the water and the spirit. It is for this reason that we are now preaching this gospel word of truth to everyone all over the world. Today's sermon will also be translated into many languages to be spread throughout the world. So this sermon that I am giving now is not just addressed to you gathered here. What I am preaching to you now is actually preached to people all over the world. What the word of God says in this Bible is what is important. The circumstances of our faith is not what is important. What then is God saying? To all in this age and time who are standing against those preaching the gospel of the water and the spirit, the Lord is saying to them that whoever blasphemes the Holy Spirit can never be forgiven, but will face eternal condemnation. Each and every Christian today should remember this warning of the Lord always. Everyone in this world must believe in Jesus Christ, who came by the gospel of the water and the Spirit as his Savior. And everyone must also realize and believe that Christ bore and remitted away all the sins of the human race once and for all through this genuine gospel. It is wrong for you to stand against this gospel of the water and the spirit just because you are ignorant of it. And it is also wrong for you to believe only in the blood of the cross just because this is all you know. What is absolutely important is the wisdom to know what the real truth is and whether or not you should understand and believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. What others believe is not what is really important. What is the real gospel that the Lord gave us. Is the gospel of the water and the spirit the real gospel? Or does the blood of the cross alone constitute the real gospel? What is important is that you raise such questions and from these questions, 
come to understand what the real gospel is and believe in this true gospel. Don't pay attention to what your neighbors believe and how they believe, or for that matter, what today's mainstream Christians believe. The only thing that is important to everyone who truly believes in God is to know and believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit that God is speaking about in the Bible. So I ask each and every one of you to believe in the Lord's word, believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit that is clearly manifested in this word of God and thereby receive the remission of your sins. Do not commit the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. I don't want any of you to commit the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit and never be forgiven, only to suffer forever in eternal condemnation. The days of this present age are numbered. Recently in France, two children from immigrant families were electrocuted while trying to flee the scene after stealing from a store. Even though many immigrants in France try their best to provide a good education to their children and prepare them for the job market, it seems that there aren't that many jobs available to the immigrants in this country. They are under the vicious cycle of poverty. It was for this reason that these two immigrant children had turned to theft. A certain cabinet member of the French government calls such second and third generation children of immigrants trash. How do you suppose the children of these immigrant citizens reacted to this? It was only natural for them to react with an uproar saying, Are we not French citizens, but just trash? We were born in France. We speak French. We have been educated in France. And we have obeyed the French law. How can anyone say that we are not French citizens, but trash? How can a cabinet member say such a thing? So, as the second and third generation citizens from immigrant families rose up in anger, unrest broke out throughout that country until it reached an emergency situation of crisis proportions. Of course, we also can say some nasty things when we get angry, but it is clearly wrong for anyone to say such insulting things to minorities to say nothing of a cabinet minister. That minister should have apologized right away and said, you are all citizens of France. You have equal rights as any other citizens. But it is wrong to act out your frustration with violence. If you want to address your grievances to the government, you should express it in a peaceful and lawful way. In fact, the French government was not entirely innocent 
of triggering off such unfortunate events. Since it had failed to provide adequate employment opportunities to its immigrant citizens. Referring to the end times, the Bible says that nations would rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And it seems to me that such a time is very near. The world is ripe for cultural clashes and racial and ethnic strife, with every ethnic group out for itself. Just as it is written in the Bible, right before our very own eyes, we see nations rising against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, and famines and disasters breaking out. These things are happening all around the world. I am sure that you can already feel it. The world we are living in is an extremely harsh and chaotic. Our Lord said that when such things begin to unfold, we should realize that his return is imminent. Once these disasters begin to strike, they grow like a rolling snowball, defying any attempt of controlling them. They spread around rapidly in every greater magnitude. But my fellow believers, do not fear, for God said to us, I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain. Deuteronomy 11th chapter, verse 14. The early rain here refers to the early church. During the early church age, when the Lord brought down the early rain, the amazing gospel work of the water and the spirit arose in so many places that countless people came to believe in this gospel and received the remission of sins into their hearts. Then, when does God bring down this latter rain? None other than this present age that we are living in is when the Lord is bringing down the latter rain. With the gospel of the water and the Spirit, the Lord is now bringing down the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Just as he had done during the early church age, the Lord has raised the believers in the gospel of the water and the spirit up in this present age also and has made God's servants preach this gospel all over the world. This present age is the age of the latter rain and these latter blessings of God rain down through the gospel of the water and the spirit. This is the blessing of salvation and of everlasting life. You and I should immerse ourselves in this blessed rain of the gospel of the water and the spirit that the Lord is bringing down on us. In this age when the end times are approaching nearer and nearer, all of us must believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit the Lord gave to us. If it is difficult for you to understand this true gospel, search the Bible, ask God's servants in detail, and believe in this gospel. 
You can't wait any longer. You must know the gospel of the water and the spirit right now. For God has already clearly stated that you can enter the kingdom only if you are born again by this true gospel. Even if your parents and your friends do not believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit and say to you that this gospel is wrong, don't be troubled by this. What others say has nothing to do with your salvation. If there are sins in your heart, then you must be freed and saved from all these sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. No matter who you are, you must thereby receive everlasting life and become the Lord's perfect child. Now is not the time to dither and worry about how others believe in Jesus. Each and every Christian must believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. Everyone around the whole world must believe in this true gospel. In this age and time when the Lord is bringing down the latter rain in abundance, when the gospel of the water and the spirit is being preached ceaselessly, you must believe in this gospel while you still can. The gospel of the water and the spirit is the only truth. And by knowing and believing in this gospel, all human beings can be completely freed from the mortal sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. The Lord made it clear that whoever blasphemes the Holy Spirit can never be remitted from his sins. This means that whoever blasphemed the Holy Spirit will be subjected to everlasting condemnation for the price of this sin. If you still can't believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, then where else and how else would you ever receive the remission of your sins? Can you receive the remission of sins from God just by believing in the blood of the cross alone? No, this is absolutely impossible. God Almighty has saved us only through his son by sending him to this earth for our salvation. God has saved us through the work of salvation that Jesus Christ fulfilled by coming to this earth, being baptized by John the Baptist, dying on the cross, and rising up from the dead. In short, the Lord has saved us through the gospel of the water and the spirit. With this gospel of the water and the spirit, God has blotted out all the sins of the entire human race, transcending time and space. If you have not received the remission of sins yet, then you must realize now that you are a sinner before God. And you must grasp and believe that the Lord has remitted away all your sins through the gospel of the water and the spirit. This is the only way 
that you can truly receive salvation from the Lord. Are you now living in the end times? You should dither no more and believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit with all your heart. You must believe in this gospel. And once you do, you must preach it to everyone else rather than keeping it just for yourself. There really are not that many days left over when we can still preach the gospel of the water and the spirit. Remember here that the whole world is changing just as the Lord had prophesied. It is already November and the winter is just around the corner. Time goes by so fast like this that we often didn't even realize it. But though time may seem to go by aimlessly, you and I at least believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. And therefore, we are the happiest people on this earth. We have no problem at all, no matter when and how the Lord returns. If there is one thing that worries me, it is that some people are not only standing against the gospel of the water and the spirit, but also deceiving others to oppose this true gospel. My only concern is for these people who have been misguided, for they are committing the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit and will therefore face everlasting condemnation just as the Lord said. It is then our responsibility to pray even more for these people, preach the gospel even more energetically, and teach everyone not to commit such a mortal sin. I have every confidence that God will keep countless people living on this planet, earth, from committing such a sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And he will lead them to be truly born again by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. So at this hour, let us all offer intercessory prayers for each and every lost soul around the world so that many may find the true gospel of the water and the spirit and receive the remission of all their sins. <laughs>